Hey, welcome again, guys, to my Guardian Angel podcast. Today is a sunny, nice day. There's no wind. Um, and I'm just going to try my best to uh, stay calm in this episode because I've actually been recording a couple of episodes. And the reason I haven't posted it is because I'm really pissed off in those episodes. <laughs> and um, I didn't want to give the impression that uh, that I'm this crazy guy when you guys listen to this right so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna post those episodes but put it in the explicit uh side (laughs) and also i'll just put it in the uh, subscriptions part just so that um i don't know just so that no one um, who actually first listens to this podcast, who is not subscribed, uh, will not get the wrong impression, right? Okay, so I'm just going to repeat everything all together in this one episode. Okay, so the first thing I want to mention is uh, under the, the episode called Corrections. It's just me saying that, okay, I'm going to start making episodes uh, like part one, part two, part three of corrections. And that's basically because I've been listening to my podcast and um, there are some things that I just say out of, like, it's not even correct. So I just want to make this series of corrections episode just to correct stuff, okay? So one of the things that I said once was um, how... In the Bible, Judith, um, when the invasion invading army wanted to annihilate the Israelites, she prayed to Jesus. I mean, she prayed to God, saying, um, "Please help me deceive these uh, invading people." But that's not really true. Um, if you actually look at the Bible, what she says is, "Please use." my deception to help save the Israelites and there's a big difference okay so the the correction is that the truth is the Catholic Church um, teaches that God does not deceive nor can he be, be deceived but at the same time he can use our actions whether it's good or evil to bring out a good outcome Okay, so that's basically a correction. One of the corrections I want to make, because he can't bless sin, right? He, he God doesn't bless sin, but he can use it to create good. The second thing is that the order of the law of God and the, what sin is is basically going against God's laws, but. Um, the first order in which the law that we should actually make sure we're following is first is called the natural law written in our hearts. But the thing is, the natural law written in our hearts is reflected in the old commandments of God, the Torah, right? And it's not even old. I don't know why I'm saying old. It's still valid. Um, but it's they say it's reflected as the the Ten Commandments, and also the nuances of the Ten Commandments, okay? So, um, if you look at the book of Leviticus, 
um, it's not just thou shall not kill or thou shall not whatever something else it they have for each law they have explicitly written other particular laws and whether um, the punishment for breaking them is death um, or it could be either grave matter where they're killing you have if you go against it you must die basically by the uh, civil not civil but you know the actual authority figures at that time or Temporally, which is basically if you steal a sheep, you give a sheep back or something like that. Kind of like that. Okay. That is a natural law. And so after natural law is God's positive law. So this can be found um, when Jesus, when God became incarnate as Jesus. Uh, he uh, taught laws, right? He taught. Uh, uh, law, for example, on marriage and divorce, right? He said, basically, he gave a condition, and then if that condition is met, he'll, he provides a conclusion, okay? So the condition is this. If a man commits, I mean, if a man divorces his wife, unless for the reason of chastity, so that is basically what I'm, what I just quoted was a condition. So, if a man divorces his wife unless for the reason of unchastity, then, and now the conclusion, okay, then he causes her to commit adultery with uh, another man that she gets with, right? And that man also commits adultery. Basically, that's the conclusion. So why? Why is that happening, right? So th this this person is divorcing her. This man is divorcing his wife for reasons that are not uh, uh, of unchastity. So basically, she didn't... One of the things of unchastity is that she, if she commits adultery, right? Uh, in that case, like if she has sex with someone else, uh, she commits adultery. So that the premise... I mean, not the premise, the the conditions would not be met, right? So, basically, that condition that Jesus is t teaching is not met. So, any other reason the wife um, does something, if, if the man divorces her for any other reason other than her committing adultery, then... He, the man, is causing her to sin. If, if forever, for whatever reason, she decides to marry someone else or has sex with someone else, right? Because really, the the marriage is still valid at that point, because she doesn't really, she hadn't really done anything wrong to deserve the divorce. And just like the whole turn the other cheek. Uh, example that I told you before, God is always wanting to elevate uh, a person's social class or whatever to the proper one that uh, he originally intended. So in this case, the wife didn't break her vows of, you know, she didn't break her vows with her husband. So why should, like, the then if the husband divorces her, is the husband's uh problem like he's responsible now for her uh if if she gets with another guy because you know she doesn't deserve 
to be just left and divorced and just, you know, because she didn't do anything wrong. And that's basically why God, Jesus, is doing, saying the conclusion that it's, the, that the, the husband is causing this problem. He is, uh, he also has a sin in now because, of course, in the old, old Jewish law, you can have um, wives. I mean, after the divorcing, you can have uh, someone, uh, the wife going and marrying someone else. It's possible, you know. So that's basically what Jesus is saying. Like, guys, don't divorce a wife for stupid reasons. Okay? And this is uh, divorcing, it for, divorcing her for actually having sex with another man. You know, the husband is causing her to do. Uh, to After being abandoned by his divorce, is causing her to be with another man. Okay, so this woman who was nice, for example, and not <laughs> uh, having sex with another man other than her husband is now put in a situation, if, if the man divorces her, is put in a situation where she, has, she may want love and then have sex with someone else. And then it's, uh, it's his fault. Of course, uh, she's also doing something. That she shouldn't be doing, but at the same time, it's his fault as well. Basically, it's more his fault than her fault. If she was actually faithful to the, hus the husband. Uh, okay, anyways. Um, there's a, and so that's positive law. And we speak of positive law. That's only after the natural law. So you would first... Basically, Jesus is um, putting restrictions on the old Jewish law at that point. And yeah, so here's my question is, what happens when the if that condition is not met? There are specific cases where that condition cannot be met. And Jesus doesn't really um, talk about the conclusion, like what is... What, what does that those things cause, right? So anything that um, does not make the sentence, the condition, if a man divorces a wife unless for reason of unchastity. Okay, so anything that is not going to meet that requirement, I, I'm curious what happens then, right? Like, for example... If a man does divorce a wife because she had sex with someone else other than her husband, what would that cause, you know? And, like, if, if he divorces her for that reason, what would that cause? Would you look back at the old uh, Levitical law where she's allowed to marry someone else and that man who she marries... Are they in a union that is uh, not adultery, basically? Because the old Leviticus law before, you know, before Jesus came, you could have that. You can have a person, divorce, a man divorce a wife, and then the wife marries another person, right? So this Jew, this, when Jesus comes with this condition, if condition, um, then something uh, causes something else, 
I'm curious because it doesn't say really what happens at that point, right? In fact, in the old Levitical law, um, God says it's kind of like a disgrace on the land if, if a man, after divorcing his wife, takes her back later on after she had married someone else. Uh, you know, like, for example, if, if he divorces her and she marries someone else, has sex with whatever and whatever, and then maybe she wants to come back to the husband. Apparently, according to the Levitical law, if the husband, the original husband takes her back, that is that defies the land. And, <laughs> you know, it's so weird. Because later on in... in it's so weird because when the church now... Uh, talks about the validity of uh, sacrament of marriage. Sacrament is different, okay? They talk about the indissolubility of marriage. That's considered holy. And what holy means is it's just set apart from other religions. So for Catholics, we we are, in, for us to be set apart from the Jewish people, we can say that this sacramental marriage is different than the Jewish law, right? And we hear priests talk about, okay, if, if you have a sacramental marriage, if the man divorces a wife and uh, the wife marries someone else, um, they, the wife should uh, try to go back to the husband. So it's kind of like a contradiction there, right? It's like you look at the Old Testament and you think, wow, that's a big-ass contradiction because Catholics – if if the wife is supposed to try to reconcile with the original husband and the old Levitical law says that's like a defile of the land and God does not want that to happen, it's weird how in the New Testament God does want this to happen. And I can explain why. The reason is probably um, it relates to how God originally, like later on in scripture, when the Jewish people go away from God and abandon him, God kind of like makes an analogy saying, you know, he, he's basically saying this law that, uh, you know, naturally it would defile. I mean, if, if God takes the Jewish people back after they, he, First of all, God says, where are the divorce papers? I didn't give you Jewish people the divorce papers because God considers himself married to the people, right? So he's like, why? I didn't give it. Show me the divorce papers. But you, 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 you the Jewish nation rebelled, went against him. But uh, God still now wants, him, wants them back regardless, right? Like basically, he's trying to say like, he still wants them back after all of that stuff, right? But the real question is, where is the divorce papers? Because he didn't divorce them. So I guess that's the answer. He didn't divorce them even though they went and married and committed adultery with someone else kind of thing, which is basically another god, basically. So maybe that's the answer to my question. He didn't divorce them <laughs> even though he had the right to divorce them because they committed adultery with him. So maybe that's uh, the answer to my question, yeah. Because he can't even use the Levitical law at that point because he didn't divorce them. So I guess he wouldn't be defiling the land by taking them back and God saying, come back to me, you know. 
So I guess, yeah, in terms of analogy, it would satisfy the facts. But, yeah, so, I mean, the new positive law, basically, the indissolubility of marriage, is basically, we're tr- we Catholics are trying to reflect the the same thing god's relationship with his people and in this case is the catholic church it's a catholic people and the fact that he doesn't never he never wants to even divorce himself from us and he'll always be with us calling us back so i guess we can tie this whole understanding with a man who matrimonially marries a, a woman, if even if she, uh, you know, commits adultery with another man, the this husband, if he tries to imitate God with his people, he won't give her divorce papers, and he will always call her back to living a marriage with him. And I think that basically the husband not giving the divorce paper, even though he has a right to give her the divorce paper, will not give the divorce paper because after giving the divorce paper and asking her to come back later on in life, you know, after she's moved on with another man, that would basically defile the land maybe. So um, that's why uh, Catholics, we don't have divorce in terms of matrimonial divorce because we're reflecting what God does to his people. He does not give matrimonial divorce. Maybe civil, people can do civil, but not matrimonial because we're reflecting God's... um, uh, his, um, His relationship with his people. So basically, I mean, if a man who is matrimonially married to a, a woman is, and um, she commits adultery with another man, and imagine this man, the husband, well, he can't get a, matrim- uh, um, a Catholic divorce, technically. He can get a civil divorce. He has a right. He has a right to divorce her because... The same way God had the right to to divorce the Israelites after they committed adultery with him by, you know, having other gods after other than him. He had the right. God had the right. So even though God didn't do it, the man has the right to divorce this woman. Okay? Now the Catholic Church says, okay, but you have to reflect God's love. For his people, by so the Catholic Church won't even consider Catholic the Catholic matrimonial divorce. I'm distinguishing matrimonial divorce than just civil divorce. Okay, but here's the thing, guys: if the guy, if the man divorces civilly, um, the fact that the Catholic Church doesn't have a matrimonial divorce, I don't think the it'll cause. I don't think we can apply Jesus's um, condition and that conditional statement 
I don't think we can apply that and make the guy cause the woman to commit adultery at that point. So the guy is not doing, technically, he's not doing anything wrong by divorcing her in the civil law because that's all he can do. He can't divorce her in the Catholic law because they won't allow it, right? Yeah, they'll say that there is no such ma Catholic version of divorce because matrimony is indissoluble. They'll say that, right? And I think they say that also because they want to give the man the possibility of bringing, um, basically reflecting God's love for his people by asking them her to come back, right? So basically, the Catholic Church wants a guy to be like, I mean, the husband to be like, say the same thing God says to his Jewish people. Where is the divorce paper? Tell me where the divorce paper is that I gave to you, my, my beloved spouse. Where is it? Right? So in terms of Catholic matrimony, there is no such thing. Because that's how it is, right? How God's love is. But at the same time, I'm uh, giving advice to... Men, men who are have been matrimonially married to uh, their wife. I suggest you do one thing. Before you give a divorce, wait and see what your wife does. See if she goes with another man. Have sex with another man. Because at that point, after that, then... Jesus's uh, conditional statement it doesn't really uh, apply to you because at that point the condition is not met for the conclusion so basically you won't be causing her to commit adultery at that point and that's all I want to say I mean this is just so that you the husband avoid creating roadblocks for reflecting God's love, okay? Okay, guys, see ya.